Hi, and welcome to the Beyond the Scale podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, and this podcast, presented by Sequence, will discuss a wide range of topics related to obesity, nutrition, and fitness. With the help of special guests, my goal is to shed light on the new weight science. Hey, and welcome to the Beyond the Scale podcast presented by Sequence. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolsky, and today I have our fitness director, Justin Komp, Dr. Justin Komp. Today we're going to be discussing aerobic training versus resistance training or cardio versus lifting, as, as some people say, in some of the internet circles. So welcome, Dr. Justin, again. Good to be here. So let's just dive in. When people say that whatever, aerobic or cardio is better than lifting weights or resistance training or vice versa, do you think that even is a a fair question to ask? There's probably going to be a, I guess the Cliff Notes version of this is that we'll eventually, we'll talk about this, but is one by itself okay? Or is there, you know, some kind of synergistic effect to doing both? So this is actually a relatively tough question to answer because if you look at if we just look at different researches how how are these things measured right so typically they'll say are you meeting the aerobic recommendations which is 150 minutes or are you meeting the strength training recommendations which just says two times per week and so it's really hard to compare what's better because what's the actual time commitment to both of those two? I'm guessing the aerobics is actually being the recommendations is being doubly physically active versus it might just be like 60 minutes for strength training. So if somebody says aerobics, aerobics is better or one of the others is better. I would first ask the question for what? Yeah. That's what I was kind of getting at. Like what, what do you mean better for, but you know, we're beyond the scale podcast here with sequence, but, uh, and we talk about you know, weight loss and adiposity and whatever else, but what is it better at? What, which one's better at what? And given amount of time and commitment and everything like that, depending on the question. So let's say, okay, let's just pick it because most people want to know what's better for weight loss, time for time, everything else being equal. Yeah. Just purely weight, weight loss, by the way, not necessarily fat loss, but weight loss. Exactly. And you actually make a really good point for when we think about these things, we need to think about that outcome filtered through time, right? Yeah. So strength training by itself, there's a recent meta-analysis on this. You'd only expect to lose about 0.55 kilograms of fat just doing strength training by itself. And aerobics is going to be slightly more, but that's that's probably entirely due to the uh, amount of calories that you are burning. And one thing that I would be interested in is that, so as we get stronger, right, we're able to do more work, which means that our capacity to do physical activity increases, which means that with each subsequent dose of physical activity, we can, we can burn more calories. So I don't think it's been sufficiently addressed in in research. I actually, I remember I did um, this, uh, used a metabolic card and looked at different people throughout my master's and if you're lifting more weight because you're stronger, you burn more calories throughout the session. So somebody that's a novice might not burn a lot through strength training in the beginning, but as you get stronger, you can burn a lot of calories with strength training. Yeah. So anybody listening, it's like, okay, I just want to get my weight down. First of all, again, we're beyond the scale. So we should be thinking beyond the scale in terms of body composition and overall health and non, what we call non-scale victories, but non-scale factors. So your health can improve despite the scale not changing. And that can happen with lifting weights specifically. can also happen with aerobic training specifically, even if the scale is not changing. 
And then also, if you're just looking at weight loss, we do have to get into what's called a calorie deficit. That means you're burning more calories than you're ingesting and also absorbing for those who may not be absorbing all the calories, kind of rare cases. But uh, if we were going to be pedantic, we might as well say absorbing. So in order to burn more calories, you have to be more physically active. And there becomes a point where actually there's probably diminishing benefits from being more physically active. Our body compensates in different ways, including appetite, by the way, which we talk about all the time. So let's just say you're sedentary. You don't do much physical activity. And you're like, I want to burn more calories to help with augment my weight loss efforts. You're using nutrition right now. Maybe you're using a medicine if you're with us. And it's brought your appetite down and you're eating fewer calories, you're seeing weight loss, but you're like, I want to do this even better. So you're like, I want to increase how many calories I'm burning. So you start doing physical activity. So the question would be, should I lift weights or should I do aerobic training? I think the conclusion that we're going to come to, because we care about you holistically, would be that ideally you would do both. And I did actually, I did a little debate at the, the obesity conference with a, one of the most renowned physical activity obesity researchers out there. And it's funny, we kind of came to the same conclusion. He took the aerobic training side, which has way more data, by the way, more research. And I took the lifting side because I'm a meathead. And, you know, we, at the end, we're basically, you should probably do both, but it really kind of comes down to your preferences. And this is kind of the, the research that you get into talking about preferences and getting people just, you know, past that first step of like doing something. Something is better than nothing. Maybe you can talk about some of that research. Yeah. And, and to your point too, there is so little research out there that compares head-to-head volume-equated aerobics to strength training in specific outcomes. So I like to think about it like this. If exercise was a menu, you would only pick the things that you were interested in. You know, if you're at a restaurant, you only pick the things that you want to do. Now, of course, we can say, you know, you should probably eat this, even if you don't love it. Like, so what's like the minimum dose of that that you can get away with? And I kind of take the same approach with exercise. I have some things that I'd like to have people minimally hit. You know, I'd minimally like you to be doing 6,000 steps. If we can get to a point where we're doing strength training, you know, two times per week for 30 minutes, that's kind of like my minimum viable approach there. And I, and I always want people to choose. Like if someone says, I love doing aerobics and I want to spend most of my time doing that, that's great. Can we add in maybe one or two days of strength training with that? And it's not going to be a huge time commitment. So really, like, I think we talked about this last time. People see the most, most benefits from going to, from nothing to something. Mm-hmm. So if we can just do a little bit, what's the minimum dose for health benefits? And then maybe we can think about what's an optimal dose for health yeah. benefits. Okay. So what's the minimum dose? I, I agree with you, by the way, one or t- even just one or two full body days. And that's kind of what we what we program at a minimum here with our fitness program. But so minimum for resistance training. And then you said minimum for physical activity, just walking 6,000 steps. What about like, I don't count steps unless it's brisk walking as aerobic training. So what would you say for aerobic training or what other people say is cardio, cardiovascular training? That's also real. Yeah. So where, so you could even say that for strength training, where does strength training start? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't count incidental steps towards cardiovascular activity. Like, you know, I just, I just went out for a, a semi brisk 20 minute walk before this. So I, I'm, I'm depending on your fitness level, that could certainly count. Yeah. Towards that. But yeah, if I'm walking, if I'm looking at my overall step count and I'm saying, okay, I got 6,000 steps, so that's not all from planned walking. There's incidental activity, then there's planned activity. And that's not to say that the incidental activity isn't 
a good thing. You know, it's, it's breaking it's very the periods good. of sitting, which is, which is really important. Yeah, it's very good. It's interesting in research is that they often compare people that are doing the recommendations, which is two times per week. And they'll, they'll lump everyone that's doing two times or more to everyone that's doing not two times or more. Mm-hmm. And that actually makes it really difficult to ascertain like a dose response relationship. I would say the biggest benefit that you're going to get is going from zero to one. You'll get more benefit from going from one to two times. And then probably a little bit more from going from two to three. And I haven't necessarily seen anything that suggests, unless your goal is performance, that that doing an additional one is that beneficial. I think you can get a lot of your benefits out of doing at least three. And I've seen that 50 minutes is a good weekly dose in terms of just optimal or, or minim, like your minimum benefits for doing strength training. But again, it boils all boils down to what are we talking about? Like what outcome do we want? Yeah, I, there there becomes a point with any of this stuff. There's a diminishing return. So like w- when you look at like just risk of dying, which that's probably the the thing most people care yeah. about, probably I would assume. Although some people might not mind increasing the risk of dying just to have a, a thinner waste and with our podcast we want we want to go like hey hey maybe that's not necessarily the best approach so that's kind of why we talk about these more holistic things anyway i think going from zero to just something like you said when you look at these curves on risk of mortality there's just a massive jump in decrease it it just drops so when you go from just doing nothing to just something your risk of and, and it follows other disease patterns too that that increase risk of dying as well. But it's a massive jump, and then you just see the steady decline as you increase, increase, and then there becomes a point where the graph or the line starts flattening out. And there's a possibility that even at super, super, super high levels, there might be some other risks of things, and that's because these people are doing extreme stuff. It's hard to know if it's the exercise versus these people are just kind of extreme. But in general, though. Just making that leap to just do something. So this is why we, we don't push people to lift weights or do aerobic training. Ideally, you would do both. Ideally, you would just do a small little bit of both and, and find what you prefer and start increasing that. I think the question is always funny because we, we see it on the internet. Like, what should you do? You should just be doing lifting instead of cardio. Or I'm sure there are patients here that are listening that said, my doctor said lifting is silly only do aerobic training it's like well that's that's not actually true that doesn't even make any sense according to the data and then we would just ask does that doctor even lift (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a joke for anybody listening that there's a joke that like does this person even lift do they even understand what lifting is they clearly don't lift but anyway uh that's that's a little bit of of a tangent okay so then let's talk about optimal then Whenever I talk to people, I talk about your buckets of exercise. And so, for example, one of them would be like step count, right? So what's the optimal dose of of steps? And what what we mean by optimal is where you get to a point where it's just diminishing to negligible returns from doing any more, right? So, for example, 6,000 steps would be like a minimum viable dose for preventing mortality for, for step count, right? And so I'd like to, that's why I like to have everybody be in that, at least at that position. And, And it's quite an achievable goal too. There's actually some research, and, and again, we're beyond the scale. So, like optimal. So, for example, it like 6,000, 7,000, you start r- reducing the risk of dementia, but an optimal dose is actually closer to 10,000. Mm-hmm. So, more opt- optimal doses for, for metabolic conditions are something like 9,000 to 12,000. So, preventing diabetes or managing diabetes, that's more or less the number that we, that we want to look for. So, that's why it's like, you know, you can set a goal where you can say, Am I achieving the minimal? Great. 
can I get to the optimal after that becomes a little bit more automatic? In terms of aerobics, which I think is actually a little bit more challenging to quantify too, right? Because the, the recommendation, I, I think we could all do with some slightly better recommendations because it's like what counts as aerobics and it's 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous aerobics. And so what actually really matters. And for that, I'm really happy if people can be doing at least two times of some kind, something that gets their heart rate up for like 30 minutes. Like, And we can go into like what's better, hit or moderate intensity, you know, or just continuous training for weight loss. As long as it's calorically equivalent, it's the same exact outcome. But in terms of maybe like a fitness outcome, then maybe we could say that there's, there's something different, but I'm really happy as long as I can get people to do, you know, that two times per week, 30 minutes. And as long as they can do that for resistance training too, and and they're putting in effort, I'm happy with that as well. I think optimal for strength training could be, if we could get up to three, that's fantastic. So the question is, can we do, do we have to do it all at once, the aerobic training, or could you break it up and still have similar benefit? Yeah. And and research has changed what counts towards aerobics to about, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 minute, 10 minute bouts. Yeah. If we look at people and we say, you have to do 30 minutes of aerobics continuously for it to count, that just washes out a huge amount of variation. And, you know, if we look at someone does this, what are the outcomes associated with it? So yeah, yeah, actually we've, we've changed it over to recommending it's okay if you do 10 minute bouts, which I think makes everything a little bit more accessible to people. And it's like, cause sometimes people think if I don't do 30, 40 minutes, why even bother? Well, 10 minutes counts. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of where the research is, is heading towards right now. So in my debate, the reason I said specifically for those doing obesity management, that resistance training If you're going to pick one, I personally would choose resistance training with a lot of walking that may not be like considered aerobic training, but resistance training specifically is because these medicines that we're prescribing are extremely powerful and that they can help people lose weight somewhat rapidly. And one of the concerns when losing weight, you know, when you're losing weight in general, but losing weight, you know, a little bit quicker than usual is loss of skeletal muscle mass and bone lean mass. And it's been studied and these medicines do, you know, because people lose weight quickly, they might lose a little bit more lean mass than they'd like. What we've found, and there's research going on with this with resistance training, but in our clinic, our online clinic, we have found that resistance training, even just one or two days a week with sufficient amount of protein, and we can get into that, but even just one or two days a week minimizes that loss of mass. Why does anybody care about that? Well, one is like if you care about your metabolism, which most people may not care about their metabolism. Some people do, but the reason to care about it is you don't want that to dip down to where it might make it hard to maintain that weight that you lost. The other reasons, as Dr. Justin pointed out earlier, is that having more muscle and strength means you'll actually burn. Who cares about the basal metabolic rate? That's how many calories you burn at like doing nothing just living, but the other calories that you burn during the day doing stuff, you will burn much more by having more muscle and having more strength. That will help you keep your, your weight off. It will, and beyond that, and beyond the scale, as, as we would say, it also helps with functionality. You don't want to be frail when you get older, potentially break a bone, a hip, or whatever. That will increase your risk of mortality. You just you also want to function and just have a good quality of life. So my argument was resistance training. If you were going to pick one, ideally you'd still do both. And there is some data with aerobic training by itself. It, that can 
minimize some of the, it has a little bit of effect of lean mass loss, but the resistance training is really where it's at. So that's why I would say if you can at all, if you're listening like this and you're like, I've never done lifting, you know, weightlifting, we have this amazing program that just Dr. Justin's put together specifically for our patients each month. And I strongly recommend everybody take at least a gander or have a, have a good think about doing it. And you don't have to do it, you know, three, four times a week type of thing. Just even just starting with one and just a, like even 10 or 20 minutes to begin with, if, if worried. I agree with those two things that you just said too, for the distinct health benefits of strength training is that muscle retention, clear evidence that's better than doing aerobics. And if you're an older adult and you had to pick between one of the two, I would 100% go for picking strength training for maintaining quality of life. Yeah. What about things like yoga and Pilates? Yeah, we were just actually having a, a talk about this with the with the WW team as to what, what counts towards strength training. So if you were asked a, a question in, in research, they would count yoga and Pilates towards strength training. And I would say that is mu- muscle strengthening. And that being, so for example, I've had people come to me and say, I do yoga two times per week. That's fantastic. Let's keep doing that. Do you think that we can add in one day where we have an external load, because then we can actually focus on increasing that external load. Yeah. So I do think to some extent that can be your primary means for muscle strengthening. You're having good balance, good mobility too. But if we can add in one day on top of that, I think that that's, that's pretty great. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't do yoga. I look like the Tin Man in that meme cartoon doing uh, yoga. And I'm like, I can't even, I can't move. Uh, I've never done Pilates, but anything for aerobics specifically. We like walking a lot. Some people might have orthopedic issues with their knees. So then biking, that doesn't work. You know, swimming, that can be kind of a barrier to get to a pool. It might be cold in the winter, these types of things. Anything that like constant movement that doesn't hurt, that gets your heart rate up and not heart rate up like you just hit yourself with a hammer and your your uh, sympathetic nervous system adrenaline starting to to rise up it's like no purposeful movement that increases your heart rate that doesn't hurt yeah i like a bike i like biking and running i swim like a rock i don't know about you but <laughs> no i'm excellent you're a good you're a good swimmer yeah i'm a great swimmer yeah but yeah it's it it really what can what can you do and what do you want to do you know if i, I know i'm not going to push on any kind of aerobics on somebody that might hurt their joints or if they don't have access to it so some people come to us and have a peloton i love the peloton yeah fantastic i I hate running okay we're not gonna run yeah i'd say i'd say the same it's basically the same for resistance training too like we're gonna find movements that don't hurt you obviously exactly and are you know just not painful and that you enjoy and then hopefully you know set it up in, in a way that's not miserable you're not too sore days after and that type of thing and then you progress anything else you want to add i think this pretty much covers it that we want people to do both you don't have to spend hours in the gym it's really i think people have a different conception of what it actually means to exercise and it's been punishment in the past and that type of thing anything else to add yeah i think again i I agree with that i think that if we can get people to do both and at least hit like you know this minimum dose where that's going to one prevent lean mass loss and help provide these health benefits too, then I think that that's great. And I also would really encourage people to think about their exercise regimen and whatever they decide to do outside of just weight loss, just because there's so many other health benefits just to exercise in general. And it's actually probably not the most effective tool 
for weight loss. So if you can fall in love with exercise as you're doing all the other things to get yourself to that weight loss position, it's actually a really great tool for weight loss maintenance. You know, if you can get that in place, you're finding something that you enjoy doing, it's habit, you're able to do it more consistently. And by the time you hit, you can remember your goal weight is, and you continue to do those things, that's really going to help with maintenance. Yeah. Going with the expectation, it's not going to be dropping the this, this scale or, or whatever, like, like the nutrition will be and, and the meds help you do that. It may augment that a little bit. And then it's really important for then keeping your weight down. It does allow you to eat a little bit more so that when you get to maintenance where your maintenance is where you end up, your your maintenance weight is what we're referring to. It means you can eat a little bit more uh, and have a little bit more flexibility in, in your nutrition. And also it improves your cardiovascular health without even changing the scale. So uh, once you're at maintenance. Very good. Thanks for coming on. Make sure you share this with anybody that might be considering doing exercise or confused about cardio and lifting weights or aerobics and resistance training. Thanks for listening. 